And welcome to the latest episode of the Fratelli di Rugby podcast. I'm joined, me, Marcello, as ever, by Mike and Ottavio. How are we, boys? Are we okay? Enjoy yes. that weekend of enjoy that weekend of rugby. How good was that? How good? How happy I was with the second result. France home, back home. I was happy. I'm sorry. I was happy. Oh was no! Happy for me. South Africa, not, France. Oh. I was on that. I was yeah. with the uh, with the bad guys, right? The yeah. bad guys with the South Africans, my friends. You love their style of play, though, don't you? Like you, you, you Ooh, you're yeah. an avid. You, you scratch under the yeah. surface, and you got a bit of green I, about you. I just finished to write an article. You know for who? For Longo Match, my favorite software, because tomorrow is gonna be out an article about the kicking game of South Africa and the two quarterfinals, Ireland, New Zealand. That side, the 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 Paris games. So, thanks Longo Match for having me, and don't forget to go check longomatch.com. Always good to know. Yes, good I was speaking plug. about something. Good yeah, plug. Well done. Yeah. Um, wow. I I think each one of those quarterfinals could have been a final. I mean, like in 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 their own right. <laughs> we we, we guys, we we should probably introduce our guest at this point. Yes. Yes, probably quite a good idea, isn't it? We are invited by Lupo is his name, Lupo, Josh, Josh. How are you? Are you okay? Yeah, good. You're right, gents. Thank you for joining us. Yes, this is our pod to look ahead to the URC kicking off this weekend. And we've managed to to get a Zebra fan on to talk (laughs) with us about that. But we are just briefly touching on um, the Rugby World Cup quarterfinals. Uh, Josh, what did you make of those? I mean, for me, uh, particularly that South Africa-France quarterfinal first half, easily the best half rugby I've ever seen in my life. Now, Octavio's probably different. He probably likes it when it's all technical and tactical and it's all boring. But I love that first half. For me, it's just pure rugby heaven that was. What about you? Going into this weekend, I've said quite out loud, all those games were 50-50. You couldn't write any team off either. Any of them could have won. Um, I agree with Mike when he said that um, those two quarterfinals in particular were final level matches. They're cracking, absolutely cracking matches. Which probably means we're going to get two relatively straightforward results this weekend, right? Well, Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Eh? Mon- say, money would say yes, um, yeah. but money on South Africa, New Zealand. But who well, knows? Just... Who knows in sport? Um, mm. And like we have mentioned, look, we're all speaking pretty good English, but it's not. It's fair to say that none of us really want England to win. That's that's I'm, I'm, on, I'm, I've, I've said I'm in all Northern Hemisphere. I said this from the start. I, I am. Oh, I'm yeah. Even so, so am I, Mike, but I'm not having England so. winning it. No <laughs> way. Even so, um, change the hemisphere. Turn the yeah. globe around. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I can't do it. I, I genuinely can't go another four years with either South Africa or Kiwi fan. Just, I, I just I can't. Not go. England. That You want I'm, English rugby fans to enjoy. Oh, no. No, I, I no. <laughs> No, I can't. No. I can't. 
can't. I, I mean, I, I just can't. Like, and also, I think, and and boys, like, correct me if I'm wrong. Am I the only one that thought this year was the Northern Hemisphere year? I genuinely thought we yeah. were going to have an all Northern Hemisphere semi final, yeah. and once again, once. it looks like we're in a position where we have underperformed to our ability collectively as a northern hemisphere side and the south Af- the southern hemisphere teams have stepped up like they always do like they they are tournament teams you could in absolute you could team. you could you could say that mm-hmm. however those two games um that france and ireland lost could have so 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 easily been the the opposite result and those mm-hmm. two games of rugby both sides played all four sides mm-hmm. played so well and then if if it had changed it would have been northern hemisphere that just rules the whole world cup so i'm not sure that northern hemisphere sides haven't stepped up i just think we were over on the other end of new zealand and south africa just playing up to their 100 percent best and they were yeah, those matches were so those matches were so close if they were played yeah. the next day or another or earlier in the day whatever it was they could have quite easily gone the other way because after after five minutes, I thought France were gonna. I thought France were gonna just not steamroll, mm. but I thought France were just. They, they weren't gonna lose that game. I really didn't think they were gonna lose that game. But there we go, Springboks. Just cannot write them off. So well, there we go. Mike's waving his English flag this weekend. Then whilst we, I I do get your point though. I am quite gutted. Not I am gutted that France on there. I really am. Obviously, I'd love Wales to have been there. Um, but given Wales were gonna, I saw something on Twitter that. If Wales had got through to play New Zealand in the semi-final, they'd have been without Dan Bigger, George North, Liam Williams, Louis Rees mm. Summit, and one other player. So we'd have been fucked either way. Josh so, Adams, good. did you say? Yeah, so probably quite good that we, we didn't progress. Um, but the fact that it's going to be same old, same old, probably New Zealand, South Africa, I get what you're saying. I do get what you're saying, Mike. And it is a shame that this World Cup in France just doesn't have the hosts here. Well, Otavi will be waving his South African flag as well, boys. Man, my Italian flag is usually is against France. Uh, <laughs> historically, we always go against France. So I'm just being really stereotypical about my Transalpini brothers, uh, <laughs> cousins, whatever. I'm going there. You know, we have Zidane in the middle, Materazzi, Napoleon, <laughs> the Mona Lisa sure. Gioconda. So... I'm just playing that game, uh, and I go. I love when I go with the the most hateful from the most team in South Africa at the moment. Uh, with England, well, tough, tough eh? to mm. be the, the worst. Uh, but I always love them. I love the, their approach uh, in rugby. I went to watch them. I love them uh, in Marseille against Scotland. So you know what? Let's go with the aerial battle. Let's go with that. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think South Africa could play the way they did against France in all honesty I was I've, I'm willing to concede that South Africa are actually just a very very good rugby team after watching them in that quarterfinal because I wasn't sure they could play like that and they did so I can't really have too many arguments does anyone have any case for Argentina or England getting through other than sort of something shocking happening I was going to say I've, I'm waving the Argentina flag and hoping but that's going to be an uphill battle and a half. Beaten them in New Zealand. So there's always the a fear's not there anymore, is it? No. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, right, that 
again, similar to the to the to the quarters, a lot of them are going to be how people play on, you know, how how people play the ref and all of those little factors that every, you know, it's, it sounds like almost like it's a media trained answer, but like the refs have so much influence now. Um, that said, the same way South Africa had a slightly easier route than England in the 2019 World Cup final. It's now turned on its head because obviously in that in that World Cup, England had to beat Argentina, the All Black, sorry Australia, and then they faltered at South Africa. England have an easier route, which means actually they might might have slightly fresher legs. And you know how much I love talking about legs, March, but it, it's a tournament game. It's what it's what it's what it's what happens. Like if you have an easier route to the final, and if you manage to recover quicker from games. You are going to have a better performance. That's 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 the way it works at knockout rugby. So, who knows, man? Um, yeah, who knows? Who knows? I would love to see a Northern Hemisphere team in the final. That's that's all I'm saying. I would love it. Oh dear. Oh well. Someone has to. <laughs> Life Someone is has hard to. Yeah. Either way, it's not what I'd hoped it would be for this stage. But there we go. There we are. Enough to talk about the internationals. What Super League. <laughs> Super League. Super <laughs> League. We, we would we do have to we do have to touch on it. Um I'm not me personally, I'm not I'm pretty sure it has been not been squashed officially, but it's sort of it's something that's been talked about, this idea that um uh, a super league like like in football with the, the European Super League putting all of the top sides into a division including Italian and South African sides. Uh, with the top teams from uh, England and France uh, into some Super League and having relegation and promotion. And that's been talked about. Mike, you've been um, across this a little bit more than myself. Uh, and you are you are a big fan of it, uh, if it was to go ahead. Yeah, I think it's quite palatable for from a marketing standpoint. I think one of the core issues from like a product of, of rugby is that it's so dispersed and like the quality varies so heavily from league to league so why would a broadcaster pay a large amount of money for you know five six different leagues so actually the urc obviously has proven as a product that is really attractive to investors it's one of the most invested in leagues bar the french league and you know it's growing it's a growing league it's it's economically very strong and from a selfish standpoint if you know how how do we improve that drastically in the short term? The short term is to bring in the best teams from the Premiership and reignite some, you know, rivalries between you know the the Welsh and the English uh, sides of old, um, and and that's attractive. Like people would pay for that to to see that on a channel, right? So instead of having one broadcaster pay multiple different licenses. Um, for TV rights across multiple different leagues, it's sort of getting the boast out. It's sort of getting the best out of all of them. So, from an economic standpoint, I love it. From a growth standpoint, it depends on how the conferences or the promotion relegation works. But if it was going to be against the uh, national league itself, so for example, with Italy, the Serie A league would be what would dictate promotion relegation across the URC teams. It probably opens up another opportunity for a franchise first and foremost for us. And secondly, um, it overall strengthens the level of the 
the the the Serie A elite because they're going to want to play URC, right? So actually, it's something to strive for. It's not just a silverware at the end. It's okay, maybe promotion relegation playoff within Italy itself, right? So the strength of the team, the league, is dictated by the strength of the URC. I I see that as quite attractive from an Italian standpoint, right? And certainly from a Welsh standpoint, because like I said, I think they're probably the ones that would benefit the most out of a league like this. That was very well said, Mike. Almost you convinced me, Mike. Not yet, because I don't think it's the right moment. Because I want stability from uh, Gallagher Premiership first. And understanding how is going this project. So at least for two three years and it's economical stability of the clubs understanding how many clubs are going to be in the premiership and in the the championship (laughs) in the championship so if we're going to be able to uh, fix that yes let's do it let's open it because also you make so happy Petrarca and Rovigo that always want to play something different and not healing trail finders on that side absolutely so I want I want stability from uh, the UK side, and from there then uh, uh, let let's grow up around. That is my my point of view on this. But oh, yeah, yeah, the market is huge. South Africa is a huge market. Everything you post about rugby, it's URC somewhere else. South Africa love to cannibalize everything they saw in, in front of them. <laughs> I guess that is that is the tricky thing is. The state of rug, the state of the English game at club level, and the state of the game at Welsh level as well at regional level. There is there is so much uncertainty and seemingly so little money, and no one really knows what's happening one week to the next. So the idea of creating a super league just sounds rather crazy when you think about the fact that there is literally zero stability. English Premiership clubs, there are still supposedly two or three that are tinkering you know on the verge uh, so with that in mind it seems very difficult for any sort of idea of a super league and that that would probably be the issue because over in france it's obviously a lot more stable there's plenty of money there it's you know, the way it works the structure in france is what everyone strives to be like right lubo your thoughts well France structure, they've run it as a business and they've run it as a business for years. There's things that they do um, which no other league does. They have um, they have oversight over the finances, they have oversight, they have guarantors, they have this, they have that, they have they do a lot of things which no other league no other league does, which is why they're so strong as they are now and why they're growing into a three, four, eventually five and six fully professional league system. In regards to, okay, I get the argument of it might it might be more marketable. The Super League in football was more was arguably more marketable, and that got shot down really quickly. Um, but each, in regards to, I mean, England's in a bit of a mess at the moment. They need to find out what they're actually going to do with the Championship sides. I know they're doing the Premiership Cup versus Championship sides, which is a bit of a um, how do I how do I put it? Cop out. Um, a cop out. Yeah. Um, the Welsh are creating an elite league as of that should take place as of next year to go between the Welsh Premiership and the 
four regions. Scotland have the Super Series where they've introduced Glasgow A, um, Edinburgh A and Emerging Scotland into it. Um, and I hope for their sake it grows. Us with the Serie A Elite, that's not, that's not particularly stable at the moment. We've just... Um, Inocenti is making right? a few. We lost Calvasano. Inocenti is bringing in um, minimum requirements for all the teams. That's going to go down to eight teams as of next as of next season. They're all going to have to have academies. They're all going to have to have um, stadium requirements. This, that, and the other. So we're not in a position either to really push this forward. Yeah, and it's going to need a lot of investment initially. I, 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 you know, I'm quite happy to concede that, but I do think the long-term benefits they will they would outweigh like the initial cost because the the reason the football super league was so attractive was because it was the Americans who were trying to push for that, right? Because there was big American money behind it. URC the URC obviously has um money coming from different sources but i think actually if we're looking at improve and and listen we're looking at it from the big leagues but actually what about what about the georgian teams what about the portuguese teams what about the spanish teams that we're talking about from a domestic standpoint you know it'd be great to see a championship or urc2 so that we could potentially have another franchise it'd be great to have some form of pathway into into the the elite of the the european and Yes, I know there's an argument of diminishing the Champions Cup and the, the Challenge Cup, but they were saying about an FA Cup type um, sort of knockout tournament with that. And I think that sounds great as well. Like, why aren't we doing that now? Like, why, why is it that we're waiting for um, a certain requirements to be hit from a league structure to dictate who is able to play and qualify for this, for, for, the, for those cups? Why, why shouldn't it be like a FA style cup and just have anyone and anyone like have a championship side potentially play in Europe that'd be awesome uh, that's that for me I think is incredible like that even if we were taking away the Super League and saying okay it's not we're not ready for it that's not a good idea that other idea is brilliant like why aren't we doing that like genuinely why aren't we having an FA Cup type European like a tournament it, I think that's yeah I've always I've always liked the idea especially in in England of, of a competition where it's not groups it's not a league table it's just knockout rugby from the start I mean I get why they want to make it groups so everyone gets a certain amount of games and everyone can make their bit of money in, in, in ticket sales and whatnot but the idea of a, a, an FA Cup even you know including that one you know that one champ premiership you know potentially mixing everyone there in an ideal world is, is great and that's the, the sporting romantic in me but then thinking about this year this Super League with the rugby is that our whole the whole problem with rugby is that we're just not, we're not expanding. We're not going beyond what we've all known for so long. So the, having watched Uruguay and Portugal and seeing what they're capable of and the players that they're producing and why aren't we trying to expand further afield than just keeping it amongst the elite? And I guess that is something that maybe as a sport should be looking at before we start thinking about just trying to create something more super than another super thing. It's just, that's, that's how super can we go? Why not? Let's focus on trying to find a way of expanding beyond England, France, the Six Nations size and their clubs in European competition. 
So maybe the option can be adding new teams to the Super Cup, which is the one with the Black Lion, uh, with Lusitanos, mm. with Tel Aviv. Uh, so bringing there like one team from Italy, one team uh, from uh, Wales, <laughs> something, adding there like a, a development uh, teams, something different. But so you bring uh, but good player, maybe young, but well, like under 23, kind of. Put it there against Black Lion, which is Georgia at the end, or Lusitanos, which is uh, Portugal, uh, or Iberians uh, and the Romanian uh, Wolves, if I'm right. And that was Delta from uh, Amsterdam, which is a big market. Uh, uh, mm, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Dutch, they are like the second uh, buyer of tickets at the World Cup. Kind of yeah. like that. I was reading something about that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's crazy right. thinking. Cheetahs. Uh, they're gonna play in Amsterdam this year, yeah. So they're not gonna be yeah. standing in Parma like they did last year. They be they're gonna be there, which is also strategic for the flights arriving into Amsterdam. The so, language as well. The language is there. Mm. The players are there because a lot of under twenties all in France. Uh, now I'm, from the... I'm still so frustrated that we turned down sending Emergenti into the um, Super Cup. That was. That's what you missed opportunity, like the Toyota Super Cup, the one in where no, 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 like like that because that was something really interesting. And Ireland brought the A team to play there. Then Franco Smith left, uh, um, everything changes. Mm. But yeah, the Super Cup was amazing to play against them. Go play against the Georgian team, young Italian prop. Let's go show mm. me, show me how you feel after a game against them. Yeah. Against Mamukashvili and Jalagonia and Tapladze. Just to say names there. So, yeah. Let's see what's going to happen, yeah. guys. But now URC is just banging at the door. Two, two days. Two days and we're going to start. Yes, and we start with Zebra. Zebra versus Ulster kicks it off and then Benetton playing Cardiff in Wales later on the same day. And that is where we start with the domestic season. Um, and I think that brings us quite nicely to the end of the podcast. We could sit and talk about European Super Leagues all day long, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, brilliant. Thank you, Josh, for joining us. It was uh, great you to have much. you on. And, and the best of luck for the season going ahead. I'm sure we'll speak mm-hmm. some more. Uh, and uh, good luck on Saturday. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's been a pleasure. Mike, Ottavio, enjoy the rugby this weekend. Let's, well, I'm, we're all supporting different teams by the sounds of it. Um, yeah, I hope I'm, everyone enjoys themselves. Yeah, I'm going to give you a little, little bit of shit. Oh, thank you. Thank you much. Enjoy too. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but best of luck. But better luck sure. for my team. For whoever we're supporting. <laughs> anyway. That and that brings us to an end. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, and make sure to share, um, subscribe to the podcast, uh, and make sure you are following all our social medias. Um, but for now, it's goodbye, and we will speak to you all again very soon. Ciao, ciao, ciao.